As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You're listening to the Wild 7 Podcast Network. Listen different. The following bit may only make sense to those well-versed in Greek mythology and or those in tune with the current parlance of the second millennium, A.D. And it may only make marginal sense at that. You're welcome, and I'm sorry. You are recently deceased? Ah, yes. Yes, I am. And you wish to go to the land of the dead? Yeah, it looks like I kind of have to. Then you must cross the river Styx. And, uh, who's going to take me across? That would be Karen. I'm sorry, did you say Karen? Karen. Karen? Karen. Nobody said I'd have to deal with a Karen after death. I must leave you, wayward soul. This Karen is ever so difficult. I want to talk to the manager immediately. Uh, ma'am, I don't have a manager. I'm not even employed. I'm dead. Oh, oh, nice excuse. I'm sure you'd love to explain that to the police. We're in the underworld, and you're calling the police? Yes, Hades PD. I'd like to report a dead man. And I think he's a foreigner? We'll be right there, ma'am. Okay, you heard what Karen said, boys. We got a live dead one here. Hold up the car, Boy, boy, okay, you heard what the chief said. Let's get going. In the words of Alex Rogers, Episode Thirty Four Without Losing That Sparkle.
Okay, okay, I mean, come on. Let them keep coming in. Come on, there's more room, there's seats galore. We got rows and rows. Come on, come in. No, 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 your whole families, your whole lineage, your ancestors, all the way back to the first bubble of the primordial ooze. Well, oohs and ahs and tiger paws, how you all doing, my beautiful friends? This is Alex Rogers recording and reporting from a timeless zone in which your listening is the now. Welcome back, my friends. Well, uh, first of all, I am so sorry for the late episode. You know, it just to use a tired but true and tried but true sentence, it is what it is. Uh, You know, sometimes you're not on the clock all the time. You're not always getting things right out the oven on the bing of when it should be. Sometimes we just get a little caught up and we get a little distracted and we get a little delayed and we get a little detoured. And um, I'm just glad to be able to be talking to you now in, indeed, the very thing that I like to remind us of. And I do mean that in the sort of reminding, uh, where it's like, hey, you got a mind? Well, yeah. Do you mind that you have a mind? Not really. Oh, good. Well, then you don't need any reminding. <laughs> you didn't think this one through, did you? No, but I let the words roll and we're not going to edit them. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And anyway, yes, I appreciate your patience. And, you know, I didn't want to give you a a botched, rushed, jilted episode. I wanted to give you something that has a little bit of a finer carving to it. So, uh, you know, uh, a little late, but still great. I certainly hope. And, uh, well, back in L.A., I must say, and uh, it's good to be back. I'm here in the crib. Oh, come on. You're not going to be shy now, are you, baby? You've cried on cue every time. Oh, I know what's happening. Are you crying late because I'm late on the episode? All right, baby. Have it your way. Well, in the meantime... Back in Washington, things were really, really good. And I had a chance to... I knew you'd come around, baby. So Washington was... Washington. Who says Washington? Certainly not the Washingtonians. But uh, it it was a good time. Good to see the folks. Good to see the fam. And uh, the plane ride back, nice and smooth, really nice. Uh, You know, uh, again, no drama for your papa or your mama. I I didn't mind uh, the whole thing. And honestly, you know, listen, if you're just traveling the the West Coast stretches, that's a pretty doable route. Route? 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 And uh, I... I, I I was glad to find that it was it was not full of any idiocy, both up and down on this one. 
So we're back in town, we're back in the the usual grooves, and we're finding ourselves, and uh, why do I say finding myself, as if I lost myself? It is funny how we get caught up in these uh, very um, too exact terms. But let's put it this way. I it's uh, uh, that's also another cliche. I'm finding myself. I'm finding myself. One night I realized, where am I? Am I? Am I? Am I? Am I even here? 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 I lost myself. And then, when I opened the pantry, I love Rice Krispie treats. I found myself. <laughs> But yes, uh, I'm understanding myself a bit more. How about that? I'm understanding that I'm uh, going into the beginning of something that I don't want to. I don't want to presume what it is because this is the weird thing, folks. I'm 37, okay, upon this moment, and one day I won't be 37. Very soon, in fact, I won't be 37. And uh, at the end of this year, in fact, I will, uh, the year and I always change at the same time. So I got, you know, the, the closing of this year uh, to be 37. And it's still young-ish in the eyes of the world. Uh, Why do you throw the ish in? That's a little self-deprecating, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, come on now. If you talk to, you know, a 97-year-old, and they do exist. Don't get all like, oh, right. No, 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 no. Come on now. This is 2021. There are 97-year-olds out there. They're going to look at a 37-year-old and go, oh, honey, <laughs> slow down. Enjoy. So I'm uh, feeling, however, this strange duality, which I had kind of heard of every young man and woman. Oh, woman. What's your point, Stan? Um, that's a little Life of Brian moment. I would do the whole routine, but we got to move on with my comedy, my show. Stand back, Monty Python. No, I wish. Oh, my God. And by the way, that was a treat to be exposed to really young as an American kid. Um, that, I didn't intend to talk about any Monty Python, but uh, for anyone who has not had their experience with Monty Python, get into one of the movies or and or at the same time do their old series, um, Monty Python's Flying Circus, uh, and, and, and also Holy Grail and Life of Brian. Okay, back to this little trolley ride. This strange duality has occurred in which I feel still as inquisitive and dynamic and... Uh, like willing to take uh, risks in my mind as like the explorative boy I once was. And I'm still in relatively okay shape for my age. I could do better. You know, we're all, we all could do better. Everybody makes mistakes and everyone needs time. And uh, we're all finding our way. See, back to finding. But... Oh, this is, sorry, I got distracted because I don't know, I don't know if you can hear it, but outside I heard an actual baby crying, and boy, wouldn't it be weird if somehow it heard my little baby sounds earlier, and it was like, hey, come on, man, that's my gig. 
But anyway, uh, boy, uh, as usual, I lost my place. But what was I saying? Okay, so yes, still young enough, but I'm not made out of rubber and cheese as I once was. That, that, that's my phrase for basically when you're a kid and when you're a teenager and when you go through most of your 20s. You're made out of rubber and cheese. You can take a, a damage, you can take an injury pretty well. And it hurts as much as anyone else of any age feels it, but you bounce back really quick. And I'm thinking about and very thankful for my physical theater background that I got to do throughout my youth. And it was a great way to do almost acrobatic things on a performative stage level. And we were doing tumbling and rolling and shifting body weight and leaping and catching and just all kinds of maneuvers on different parts of our body on hardwood floors. And I, what, maybe a bruise here and there? I never, I never felt any like long-lasting pain. Well, you go through some of your 20s. I did a lot of <clears throat> running on like LA concrete, and that was a bit silly. Uh, in in hindsight, I could have and should have done more running at like a track or something with a probably a softer surface. Uh, probably I never looked into good shoes while doing that, so who knows? And, and maybe even my form was off. I never took a running class. I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just you know time to run. So. My left knee is starting to feel it a bit these days. That's the one. They 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 both can get in in, in Doctor Strange Love. Peter Sellers go. Well, I, I'm a little bit gammy in the leg, you see, and uh, I feel a little gammy sometimes in the left knee. It just gets a little twingy, and it happens when sometimes I do a little too much physical activity, and not even meaning to, I just kind of pushed myself on a few activities of late. And, oops, the knee is tender. And it's a pain I didn't feel until my 30s. And it feels like sort of the first of, of I don't want to presume that adulthood is full of long-lasting pain, but it does seem to be that like when you, when you feel pain, it seems to last longer the older your body gets. And what's very humbling right now is my mind is still as agile, and I'm, and I'm grateful that my mind is. I mean, I, I feel like my mind is as agile as the 16-year-old boy who is doing near acrobatic feats on hardwood floors and performative arena situations. And... Yet my body is starting to go, hey, 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 uh, hold on, hold on, my knee, my knee, watch it, watch it. Oh, hold on, oh, oh my, that's my neck, that's my neck, careful. And you know what, as I say this, you know, it really shouldn't matter what age you are, you should be listening to your body like that. The, the, the grace and curse of being made out of rubber and cheese in the first, say, you know, up until about 30 is that you don't really get what it's like to actually need to respect a part of your body that's going hey man I truly 
You got to be careful of me. If you push me too far, it might be a big deal right now. That's new for me is what I'm basically trying to get at. I only hope some of my listeners are much older than I. And boy, could I learn a lot from you. And I hope that what I'm saying makes you chuckle because I can only imagine. I like to believe that some of you are going, your knee, my hips, my ankles, my shoulders, every fucking thing. You, you should be glad it's just your knee. <laughs> And, and I don't know, I, I, and it comes and goes. And I put on different little things. I've been using uh, various ointments that have that kind of, you know, hot, cold thing going on. So it's all right. We're, we're looking after it. I just realize now that I have to sort of move my body the older I get in ways that are respectful of it, but without losing that sparkle of what the mind knows it can do. Could that be maybe one of the puzzles that we keep rearranging and refitting as we go? I ask you, the listening public, to ponder and talk amongst yourselves. Look across to your neighbor, look deep into your eyes. In fact, touch their hands. You've never met each other, but you're here in my center, and now you have to do what I say, because I am your messiah, uh, mentor, uh, uh, speaker for today. So yeah, my friends, I'm just uh, feeling a uh, an awareness that has a bit of a blues note to begin with, you know, it reminds me, oh, there, there's a part in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that gets me going a bit because it gets Leo going a bit. It gets, it's very emotional when he's talking about the book he's reading about Easy Breezy and how he used to be this like unstoppable, physical, dynamic feat of a bronco buster. And now, and he talks about now he's in his late 30s <clears throat> and you know. Maybe if you're looking at a graft and you look at graft, graft, what happened to this math? Well, I had to graft it. From whom? Algebra's skin. Algebra's skin, his third film, was not as engaging as his previous math ventures, but I'm a reviewer and I'll make something out of it. Uh, no, what the fuck was I talking about? Graph. Okay, if you look at a graph, you can almost argue that 37 is still mid, but I'm not fooling myself. I mean, uh, you know, come on now. That's actually, nah. Eh, that, that You round up to 40 if you're doing roundup math. So, I'm closer to 40 now than I am to 30. And there's just some realities that are happening that um, I think I can improve over time uh, with modifications to how... I go about life, uh, but all in all, I'm just understanding that this is more like a uh, an invitation. That's what I'd like to look at these little twingy moments, and um, I would rather learn from my body than suffer from it as I go on whatever is you know graced to me for uh, the rest of this adventure, however long it lasts. So anyway, um, and isn't that a part of life? Surely you, who listens to me now, uh, that, that we all have a pain. 
And if it ain't on the body, it's somewhere in the head. So, I guess it's very uh, grounding and humanizing. And some people might say, bro, I fucking broke my leg last year. Fuck you. You just have a twingy knee. Enjoy. So, you know, it's just, I think it's just like, it's just enough pain. I can walk and all. It's good. But it's just enough pain to where it's asking me to pay attention to it. So, maybe on the next episode, I'll let you know what the dialogue showed me between me and my knee. Okay, now let's talk some classic movies, because as you know, that's been the tune of late. So I caught one that uh, interested me because the cover shows Jack Palance. Now, uh, to fill you in real briefly, Jack Palance, if you don't know who he is, if you're, okay, if you're about my age, you would have seen Batman, the Tim Burton movie. That was my first guy. He's, he's the one who says, you are my number one guy. To which Jack Nicholson in the movie exaggerates to, you are my number one guy. So look at that. It's like Jack Palance causes an echo effect wherever he goes. But Jack Palance has this very particular way of talking. I'm not going to tell you again how we're going to do this, but I'm going to tell you again right here and get really low. And he he's amazing. Back in the day, that guy was chiseled. Gee whiz. Dude, we all wish we had Jack Palance's jawline. Jack Palance, 1950. We all wish we had that guy's cut-out-of-rock-granite jawline. Holy shit. His entire body mat, he's so, he's like a warrior. I don't really know much about him. I just know I've always loved him. And no joke and no lie, most of what I've seen him in is fun, campy, not technically quality good stuff, but I fucking love it. Let me quickly throw down some names. How about Gore, G-O-R, and how about Hawk the Slayer, both with Jack Palance. The guy's worked so much. So he's on the cover of this one movie. Because you know me, I'm lo- right now I'm looking for a lot of these, uh, these oldies, these good oldies. And especially if they got some cynicism, some darkness, and some crime, and some uh, nuance. Well, this one is called Panic in the Streets, 1950. And uh, the cover shows Jack Palance like kind of flushed against a like a brick wall and he's got his gun ready and he's looking a little like do or die in his face and you see you know on the other side of that wall some kind of you know crime going down looks like a killing of some sort all right cool i'm down looks like you know a good standard formula even the name panic in the streets i'm guessing that must be why because some uh some riots happen some violence maybe there's a gang thing uh, some kind of mafia stuff some some police versus hood stuff it's gonna be some kind of panic in the streets okay i i get it that's my presumption well sure enough it starts that way you got this uh and by the way, this is an uh, Elia Kazan movie. I think, I hope I'm saying that name. Elia? 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 Yeah, Elia Kazan. I need to watch more of his stuff. 
Of course, I've seen on the waterfront. I don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. And uh, it's also, uh, what else have I, you know, I know he's done other movies, but I haven't really seen anything else. And now I want to because this was a great one. And you can tell this guy knows how to work with actors and you know what was refreshing? I think I think the guy has to have a theater background. I th- I'm, in fact, I'm almost positive he, he must have theater roots. Because all the scenes were usually one take. And they were like master shots. So you see everybody like how you would on stage. And everyone's timing with their lines was impeccable. It had that fast-paced thing that you often see in older movies. It wasn't like on crack like His Girl Friday. That's the fastest fucking movie I've ever seen in my life. Jesus Christ. (laughs) If you want to see a movie that is on fast-forward when you play it normal, watch uh, His Girl Friday. That is a, that's a fucking experience. Um, but this one, Panic in the Streets. Okay, so right on. We got this start here. We got, it, it looks pretty standard. You got a gambling scene. Goes wrong. Come on, play a few more. And, it, and there's Jack Palance. Why don't you stick around? Play a few more games. Don't go now. You're just getting good. And the guy he's playing up against is looking real sick. And he's sweating. And he says, I feel cold. I can't. I have such a headache. I can't stand up straight. I I have to leave. I have to go. And I kind of casually think to myself, "Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, like like fucking. I remember that. I remember that back in January when I had COVID." <laughs> but of course, it's 1950. They have no idea that that's gonna come. They're not gonna be dealing with that in this movie. More and more, this sick guy keeps getting sicker to where he has to stumble out, and. Jack Palance guns him down. Uh, I think, uh, well, because you got to have an inciting incident. I'm guessing story-wise, I think it's because the guy owed money and he was stumbling away simply because he was sick and he was dying. Uh, but, you know, you, you got to have some violence in the beginning of these movies and you got to establish your antagonist. So there's Jack Palance. Bam. Pff, done. Well, then, I kind of forget about the whole fact that the guy is sick. We see more of our characters coming. And really, by the way, one of the better, like, uh, meeting a guy who's a dad and he's got the wife and he's got the son and he's preparing for work. One of the better, uh, um, like, sitting with the characters and getting to know the dude as a family man as he gets ready for work as being basically like the sort of naval officer equivalent of the CDC is what I kind of picked up on. So I'm like, oh, oh, interesting. Okay, so this guy's also kind of a, a, a science man, and he's and he seems to know diseases. Well, that's an interesting mention there. And then I was thinking about the guy before, and then you notice a few cops have a bit of a cold going on. You're like, wait, what the fuck? And then the mortician at the police station, who's looking at the body of the man who was killed in the beginning, suddenly realizes, oh my God, this man. Is in this this body was infected with the plague. This man had the plague, as in the bubonic plague. When did he get here? Who's he been in contact with? And on top of that, whoever killed him, Jack Palance, is out there. And that means he's interacting with people, so there's an infection most likely happening in the city. 
Now, folks, if you're hearing this in 2021, upon which I lay down these words, then you know that this shit is chilling. And furthermore, when did COVID happen? 2020. When was this movie made? 1950. 60 years before COVID happened, we got a movie that has all, almost all of the COVID bingo card slots, as we've been saying during this time. You have our main guy, good actor too, and I know Quentin Tarantino's talked about him a few times, and I finally got to see who this guy was. This guy, Richard Widmark, or is it Vidmark? No, I, probably not. He's probably Richard Widmark, and he was great. He's that guy, you know, who we've been, I, we all were this person at some point during COVID. He goes around and he has to go up to officials and he has to start yelling at them because they're not fucking listening. And he's saying, we need to contain the virus. Right now, people could be getting infected. And if we don't act now, we could have, and because this was 1950 and they didn't realize how crazy shit could actually get, they didn't say pandemic. The movie uses a lot of the word epidemic. Um, so, but hey, dude, you don't want an epidemic either. But you are sitting there watching it today going, holy fuck, this movie is talking about an epidemic. It's giving you a real what if. And you start to see, indeed, some panic happen in the streets. And you see all, and what's great is it kind of shows a tour of different people across the city. And you have that person who we all heard as well at the beginning of COVID. Everyone, if you didn't say it, uh, and, and there's nothing wrong if you said it. Everyone had a different reaction. I'm not vilifying anyone. It's just showing life as it is. But you either said it or someone around you said it at the beginning of COVID, which is, it's the flu. It's a cold. What the fuck are people so... No, stop. It's just a cold. You have those characters. Like, where, where the hell's Eddie? He's supposed to come in. He, it's his, his, her, he has, he's cooking tonight at the steakhouse. Oh, he had to call in sick. Why? Well, he says he's... he's oh, it's, it's probably just a cold. What, what, the man's sitting at home because of a cold? Come on, man up. It's that kind of stuff. You know. And uh, you, you even have the scene where Richard Widmark is... Oh, he, of course, his wife says, I, I'm, I'm pregnant with our second kid. And he's like, honey, stay away from me. Social distancing. I mean, he doesn't use the word social distancing, but it has that. I was waiting for someone to wear the mask because that would have really been chilling. And sure enough, there was one guy and he had the worst bedside manner I've ever seen because there's a couple characters who are not listening. They don't take it seriously. And there's this one guy whose wife suddenly gets faint, gets ill, is rushed to the hospital, and she dies. And the man who delivers the news is wearing a, a COVID mask, a mask, you know, that surgical mask that we all know and he's wearing it, and he has the word. He just shows up, and he just looks at them, mask on, and just goes, "She's dead." And uh, you know, it's probably a product of maybe the 1950s. You know, it's like, listen, we just survived World War II. I don't have time to be nice, okay? You know what death is. Grow up. No, I, I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's a hilariously jarring moment. Um, but maybe that's what they were going for in that moment. But yeah, it was um, it was very interesting 
to see this movie, which still had all the noir aspects. You still had these interesting characters who were on the wrong side of the law. You have one guy trying to hold to a moral code while he deals with bureaucracy, which is just letting evil happen. And, you know, just great performances. Really good. This guy was kind of, kind of reminded me of like the way John Ford and Frank Capra were really good at finding these like ex like featured extras or people with one or two lines who you could tell weren't even actors but that that's not to say that they came off phony more so they came off extra authentic there's a couple characters in this movie who you can tell are just sort of like maybe people he found off the street because guess what they are they're people off the street who are interacting with each other in this chaos of what's happening and that's what you want not someone going, I got two lines in this movie. Quick, there's a panic in the streets. There, did you get that? Is that on my reel? Okay, good. No, 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 no. You want, you want to get these real faces that you see in crowds every day. These sort of unique, but everyday American faces going, what are we going to do about that? I don't know. This is, this is nuts. This is crazy. You know, just... Very cool. I recommend, especially in these times that we know all so well. Um, and, and you know, it's not too... It, it's close enough for us to relate. But it's not going to be... I don't think it's going to be super scary triggering. It doesn't get to the actual pandemic level that reality is actually served up to us. This is about an epidemic. <laughs> it's, it's COVID light. COVID beta. Panic in the Streets, 1950. Well, my friends, there are many transformations and micro-formations. And the only reason I said those words together is that they rhymed. But regardless, I'm happy to be back, and I appreciate your attendance and your patience. And, you know, life is full of a lot of unpredictable things, but I'm enjoying finding things that make me feel happy, that have nothing to do with the news, that have nothing to do with the crises of the world. I do care, but what do you want me to do about shit that is truly out of my control? There's nothing wrong with opening up a good book, popping in a nice flick, and enjoying what you enjoy. So please, folks, if you're enjoying something, it gives you a little bit of happiness. And it's uh, and I don't need, I I'm not into that word escape. It's like oh, it's a, it's a good little escapism right here. No, 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 no. Everything's part of this experience. You're not escaping. You're enriching. So let that happen. Please enjoy what you enjoy. I'll talk to you again real soon. In the mean, in between. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your rhyme. In the Words of Alex Rogers is a podcast orbiting the mothership of Wild 7 Studios. Music by Inca Rose. Keep your ears open for storyscapes, simpin' after dark, and other audio goodies from Wild 7. And keep your eyes open for its first feature-length film, Debbie and the Devil. One. 
two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.